Uh, as we do each Thursday, my favourite rugby spot of the week, Tony Johnson from Sky Sport joins us. TJ, welcome in, my, pen, my man. Hey, Staffy, mate, what a uh, beautiful day at last. I've, I've finally got a chance to mow my lawns today. Oh, finally, three foot tall, but now they're down. <laughs> mowed the straw. Mate, um, we just had Tyler Nathan Wong on the show, very excited about her coming stint at NRLW, and I absolutely applaud it. I actually think if she comes back to seven, she'll be a better player for it, bit of variety, bit of different headspace. But the thing for me, TJ, is I'm a little bit worried about uh, the future of the women's rugby game. If it's not addressed quickly, we've got four sevens players, women's sevens players going to the American Sevens League. We've got Sarah Hidney and uh, someone else up in Japan. We've already lost Gail Broughton, Niall Williams, now Tyler Nathan Wong, albeit not permanently. There's a bit of a travel later of women's oval ball players leaving New Zealand to find meaningful competition. Yeah, and if New Zealand rugby and Australian rugby or whatever Sanzar's called these days can't get on the same page and organise a proper trans-Tasman women's competition, this is just going to be the start of it. And I think I might have talked about this a couple of months ago. Certainly wrote a column about it uh, early on in the year in Rugby News when we were talking about you know how you can cash in on the success of the World Cup last year. To me, it's an absolute no-brainer, but unfortunately at the moment, uh, Trans-Tasman relations aren't in a great state, thanks mainly uh, to the carry-on of Andrew McLennan. Uh, New Zealand hasn't been blameless in this whole, you know, breakdown in, in the last few years for sure. But you know, they really need to get their heads together and come up with a meaningful Trans-Tasman competition that can attract, you know, uh, really capitalise on the popularity of the women's game, can keep these good players in the rugby ranks, and maybe attract some new backers and sponsors to the game uh, at, a, at a time when women's rugby is on the rise. Otherwise, they're going to lose more. It's suddenly a very, very competitive market and we're in danger of lagging behind. Where are we at with Sansa, Australia, New Zealand? I had a really interesting chat yesterday with uh, Maddie Pierce who is coming over for a first time in four years with the Springboks to call for a South African thing. And he said, mate, South Africa rugby's doing great. We ain't coming back, not because we don't like it. It's just easier in you know, time zones and all that sort of thing. So it's really important our relationship uh, Oceania-wide is strong, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a di- different scenario with South Africa because most of their you know, really top players play overseas for other clubs anyway. Um so, yeah, I mean, you know, they've made their mark um, in, in the European competition, and that's fine. That suits them. But it's all the more important that New Zealand and Australia get something. To, to me, if Australia, and there are still people uh, who think that Australia can go it alone with a, um, a domestic competition, uh, I just can't see how that they would benefit from that. Uh, a lot of people think that New Zealand might be better off with that as well, and I, I don't necessarily agree with that either, because you've got to expose yourself to different styles of game and I think, you know, that's one of the things that encourages me about this, um, you know, relationship that New Zealand seems to be forming with Japan. And, and because Andrew McLennan's so busy grandstanding, he, he's been left behind in that as well. But, you know, they've got to get themselves onto the same page. And at the moment, um, it, you know, every time you think they come back from a meeting, they, you think some progress has been made and you get the word that, yeah, they've agreed to this, they've agreed to that. He just flies off and comes out with something completely uh, against the grain of what everyone thinks is, is going on. So 
to me, he's actually starting to, to become... I, I, I know people in Australia who are embarrassed by his carry-on. He's actually starting to become a liability. Yeah, I, I really want better relations with him. But, you know, smoke a peace pipe or whatever it does, but if someone doesn't want to put the pipe in their mouth, um, it's probably going to carry on this wrangling for a wee while. Uh, Super Rugby... Um, I wasn't going to talk about the Highlanders-Reds, but I'm going to. But more importantly, Aaron Smith plays his last game for his beloved Highlanders. What a servant he's been. Yeah, I think, what, 184th, uh, his last game at home. Mm. Uh, They're on the road. They're at Eden Park next week. Um, And and so this will be the last game in front of the the Needham crowd. A really uh, important game for them too, because they sit just outside the eight. Uh, They've got a, a trip to Eden Park where... Uh, Highlanders teams haven't always gone all that well over the years. They have to absolutely have to win this game against a Reds team that's also been a bit erratic uh, this year. They're, they're ahead of them on the table. They're on, uh, what, 23 points. So they're, what, four points ahead. So uh, if the Highlanders can't win this game, then their chances of uh, making the playoffs might be out the back door. So they've got plenty of incentive to do well. Uh, they do get Putty Putty Parkinson back for this one. And I see that Mitch Hunt switched to fullback. Uh, Freddie Burns going to, to, to number ten. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the, for, for their sake, uh, that this notable occasion for Aaron Smith transforms into a, a good, consistent performance by the Highlanders. Big one locally, the local derby here: Blues against the Hurricanes. It's at Eden Park. Blues are sort of about a five or six point favourite. It's um, it's a desperate one for the Hurricanes, probably more so than the Blues. You know, uh, there's only one point separating them on the table. Whoever wins this is far more likely uh, to be hosting a home quarterfinal. That, that's really important. They've played mm. 39 times, 19 wins each and one draw. So the history <laughs> wow. is pretty tight. Um, yeah. Um, just the team news, uh, Bowden Barrett won't be playing and it sort of seems to be half all back rest, uh, half that gashed foot that he got last week was a, it was a weird one that um, mm. but obviously that they, they want to get him right but, but I think there was a need also for him to stand down so interesting Harry Plummer moves into 10 he's been rock solid in the midfield Harry Plummer and I think he deserves the chance to start even though Stephen Pedalfetta is back in the uh, 23 which is good news for the Blues but it also gives Bryce Heem another deserved shot in the midfield to me he has actually been one of their outstanding players this year Bryson, just as he's been since he came back from overseas, he gives them such thrust, and, and it's not really surprising, again, to see Roger Tuivasa-Shek not in the 23 at all. He deserves to be there. Hurricanes, of course, a little bit controversially, certainly caused a lot of debate last week about leaving so many of their guns out of the trip to Hamilton, uh, which they, they battled away, but, but were outclassed in the end. But they get Geordie Barrett back, they get uh, Artie back, they get um, leave, uh, sorry, um, Asafo Amour back from injury, uh, that, that's a welcome return uh, and, and, and so obviously you know, getting getting their All Blacks back uh, Lomax is another one, to me he's just been outstanding this year, that, that gives them a real boost and also Brett Cameron back from injury, he's going to be on the bench Brilliant. Um, so to, to me there's a hell of a lot riding on this game and uh, you know, Eaton Park Saturday night, it, it, it it's a, it would be a real ripper because you know, both of these teams will want to get the points that take them that much closer to getting a, 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 you know, a nice little payout from a home quarterfinal. 
and you can jump in your car when you've walked from Eden Park to your car. You can race home and watch the Brumbies and Chiefs at two degrees battle out a low-scoring affair, another important match. Yeah, well, this is huge because if the Chiefs win this one, then they're guaranteed, as long as they're in the competition, they will be at home. And not only that, they could afford, I think that their last game's in Perth, isn't it? They could actually afford uh, to, to, to rest some of their big guns, not because of all-black rest or anything like that, but just to get them freshened up for the run into the, you know, the quarterfinal, semi-final, final, if they go that far. So there's an awful lot riding on this. To me, the Brumbies, you know, we, we always talk about the Brumbies as being a little bit one-dimensional, uh, but this year I think they've got, you know, just a, a bit of an extra dimension to their game. They, they you know, when the, um, the situation calls for it, they certainly have the ability, uh, you know, to run the ball, and there's some, you know, some, some talent there that they've got in that back line that they're starting to use now too. The, the young flyer on the wing, he's, he's making... Um, some, some real headlines as well. So it's always a really tough place to win, Canberra. Always has been. Um, you, you know, you sort of know what you're going to get from the Brumbies, but they've also got the ability to shock, shock you with, uh, you know, some adventurous play if the situation is right for it. So this is going to be a hell of a clash. Look, I, I think the Chiefs, the way they're going, uh, I, I, you know, the way they played last week, you know, they were they were. You know, pretty thorough the way they went in that game. Oh, look, I, 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 I give them a pretty good chance of winning it, but they'll have to play really well. And it's going to depend a lot on, again, that the big bangers up front, um, you know, the likes of Kane with Tullock and Co. To, to get them an edge. And finally, TJ, uh, Levi Almour, arguably Moana Pacifica's best player, is going to be a crusader. Can't blame him. Uh, they'll, they'll polish him up nicely and he's going to be an incredible player. I'm just a little bit uneasy about it. Well, I'd like to see a better spread of talent, maybe. What was your reaction when it was confirmed the worst-kept secret? Uh, well, I wasn't surprised. And, I mean, if you're in his shoes, what would you do? Oh, do um, it. You've yeah. got a, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty around uh, Moana Pacifica at the moment. Who's going to be coaching them next year? How many players have they actually signed up for next year? Uh, and you had a chance to go and play with the team that's, you know, been the best, uh, not only the best um, in terms of success, but also the best at getting the best out of players mm. uh, in, in the Crusaders. Yeah, it, it is a worry uh, for Moana Pacifica. Um, it, it's been a real struggle for them this year. Uh, and, and look, I've always said that to me, they had to be a team that, yes, it's it's great to see them bringing people like Miracle Whailangi, um out of, out of Samoa uh, into their team and into the spotlight and an opportunity for players who've missed out on other New Zealand franchises to get an opportunity to play Super Rugby. But to me, you know, it was good that uh, Sukupi Kepu and uh, Christian Liali Ifanel came over and played for them from, you know, after successful careers in Australia. But to me, for this team to, to really succeed, they also had to get, get a few big names back from overseas and they, they haven't really done that yet. And uh, this is, you know, on top of, um, you know, the, the decision of Aaron Major to step down, um, losing Almoor, that, that is a really massive blow because he has been uh, certainly their best back, uh, possibly their best player this year. Mm. What do they do, TJ? Do, do they chase, I don't know, Stephen Luatua, Lima Sopawanga, players like this? Do, do they try and do something like that? Well, that would be great. That would that would be ideal. Unfortunately, they've, they've, they've got to 
get the money and it's a, it's a bit of a vicious circle you know you need success to draw the crowds to draw the sponsors they haven't had that if you get that then you you know maybe you can afford to buy but but you get just got to think about the sort of money that guys like Stephen Luatua have been earning overseas uh, yes they want to represent the Pacifica peoples but they want to do it at international level and at the moment probably not enough of an incentive to do it playing for Moana Pacifica. Mm. Awesome, TJ. Always appreciate you chatting to us, making time for us on a Thursday, as do the listeners. I wish you a wonderful weekend. OK, mate. Thanks. Tony Johnson. Love chatting to him, the voice of rugby on Sky Sport. We'll take new sport and weather, and I'll get back to some of your text messages after that.